welcome to Brain Attack Music. This is Andy Dobie. Stroke 101. Hello. And welcome to the very first podcast from Brain Attack Music. I'm Andy Dovey and a stroke survivor. I had my stroke in 2013 uh, at the age of 55. It came completely out of the blue, as I'm sure it did for many of you other stroke survivors too. And it was first misdiagnosed by paramedics and ultimately ended up with me having about six hours of emergency brain surgery. But uh, that's not what this podcast is about. That's perhaps the story for a future one. This podcast is entitled Stroke 101. If any of you are new strokies or have friends or family who are perhaps struggling to understand what this stroke business is all about, then this podcast might be useful both for you and for them. What exactly is a stroke? Well, in very simple terms, it's the brain's version of a heart attack, hence calling this project Brain Attack Music. We don't talk about coronary thrombosis, do we? We tend to say heart attack. So I much prefer the term brain attack compared to stroke, as it's synonymous with heart attack. And most people can relate to it because they kind of know what a heart attack is, might not know what a stroke is. Brain attack, heart attack, kind of works. Before I had my stroke, I had absolutely no idea what a stroke was. And I think if I knew it as brain attack, it may have meant a lot more to me and I may have understood that it was actually pretty serious. If we get a little bit technical for a moment, a stroke is actually an interruption of the blood supply in the brain. And this can either be a blockage or it can be a bleed. The blockage or a blood clot is called an ischemic stroke and a bleed is called a hemorrhagic stroke. Now the majority of strokes are ischemic. That's the blockage caused by a blood clot. And if the clot is only temporary, i.e. it clears within a short period of time, few seconds or so, then this is known as a mini stroke or technically more accurately a TIA. You may have heard that term stands for transient ischemic attack, TIA, uh, such as endured by uh, Michael Johnson, the former Olympic athlete. And it's important to make this distinction between a full stroke and a mini stroke or TIA as they are different. Now, the vast majority of people who have a TIA will probably make a full recovery or at least close to full. And that's because the blood supply in the brain was only interrupted very momentarily. So it shouldn't cause too much brain damage. A full stroke, however, is a completely different beast and will cause permanent brain damage. Why is that? I hear you ask. Well, I don't. I made that bit up. Anyway, we know that the oxygen carried in our blood is essential for our brains to function. All the while the blood is flowing, it's bringing oxygen 
to our brain cells. And if the blood stops flowing, there's no oxygen. And without oxygen, our brain cells start to die. And the longer they go without oxygen, the more they will die, the more damage. So this oxygen supplied in our blood, when that blood is not flowing to the brain, because maybe it's blocked or it's bleeding out somewhere else, then the greater the chance of brain damage, because the cells will die. Our brains form only about 2% of our bodies, but actually need 20% of the oxygen. So that whole blood supply, oxygen supply to the brain is absolutely crucial. And brain cells will actually start to die if they're without oxygen for just a few minutes. So coming back to that TIA, transient ischemic attack, if the clot hangs around more than a minute or so, then it's going to start causing brain damage and we move from having a TIA to a full-on stroke. So just to make that point, if you've had a TIA and the clot has cleared relatively quickly, you shouldn't lose any brain function. You might feel unwell for a bit, have a headache, but otherwise you're reasonably okay. But if the clot hangs around a bit longer, as I say, before it clears, it's still a TIA because it has cleared, but the length of time the clot was there might mean that there is some brain damage and loss of function. But if the clot stays put for more than a few minutes, or as in my case, permanently blocks a blood vessel, or you have a bleed that doesn't stem for a while, then you're in a bit of trouble. Brain cells, brain tissue will die because of the lack of oxygen. And this means brain damage, which in turn leads to loss of brain function in the affected area. And that's really the key issue, because it's not about how many brain cells die, but it's about where they're located, where the affected area is. What function does that area carry out? And it's not the size of the damage. It's very much, to stress the point, the location and the function of that part of the brain. You can probably tell by now I'm reasonably coherent, reasonably fluent. The, the area of, <laughs> he said, stumbling over his words, the area of the brain for me that was affected didn't affect my speech, much to my wife's disappointment, <laughs> but it has affected other areas, which we'll come on to in a minute. Back to this issue about it's the location and function of the brain. Um, a small brain attack in the brain stem area of the brain can be devastating. Now, the brain stem is situated at the base of the brain where the brain attaches to the spinal cord. So when you see pictures of the brain, it's that little bit in the middle that kind of hangs down. That is the brain stem. It's actually less than 3% of the brain's weight, but it's really, really crucial to us staying alive. What it does is it looks after most of the automatic things that our brain does to keep us living. Minor little things like keeping your heart pumping, cardiovascular system, uh, respiratory control, 
things breathing, basically. All the kind of automatic stuff that happens when we go to sleep, that's what the brainstem does. All the automatic stuff that happens whilst we're awake and we're thinking about other things, like mm, doing a podcast, then the uh, autonomic nervous system, as it's called, the brainstem is actually looking after all of that. Basically, it also connects the cerebrum with the cerebellum. Uh, the cerebrum is the main part of the brain. The cerebellum is the little bit that hangs down the back. That's actually where I had my stroke in the cerebellum near the brainstem. So any messages that need to pass between the cerebellum and the cerebrum have to traverse the brainstem. It's actually small, but essential. So you could have a fairly small, minor little stroke in terms of the size but if it's in the brainstem, it can be catastrophic. So again, it's not the size of the stroke. I hear a lot of folk talk about the size of their stroke. Oh, I had a big stroke. Oh, I had a massive. It's actually irrelevant in many ways. It's, it's very much about the function of the area of the brain that's been affected. And therefore, I would strongly suggest to you guys listening that if you are a stroke survivor or you're a family member of somebody who is a stroke survivor, learn about which part of your brain, their brain, has been damaged and what the function of that area of the brain does. That's really key to your future improvement in understanding what's gone on. I would strongly say to anyone listening to this who is a stroke survivor themselves, it's absolutely imperative that you take responsibility for your condition and learn about it. Um, we live in an age, luckily, where information has never really been so easy to find uh, when I was a kid off to the library these days Google is your friend if you if you use it well <laughs> um, because I, I truly believe it's only possible for us stroke survivors to make the best improvements we can if we really understand what the issues are and we can only do that if we understand what's happened and I'm not suggesting for a minute that we need to fully understand all the medical terms and the jargon and all the rest of it. <clears throat> Let's leave that to the to the guys who have studied for years to, to, to know all that stuff. What I'm saying is, is to get the overview, executive summary, if we dare use that phrase, of your condition, which parts of your brain have been affected, and understand what this means for you, because everybody's situation is completely different. And by doing that, you give yourself the best chance to maximise any improvements that you're likely to make. Note that I'm using the, not using the word recovery, I'm using the word improvement. Uh, and there's a reason for that, which is I'm going to go into in a lot more detail in my next podcast. I hope this Stroke 101 has been useful. Uh, I've tried to keep it fairly short because most of us brain attack survivors have concentration problems. I'm starting to flat flag just a wee bit, I have to say. Um, please visit my website. It's www.brainattackmusic.com to find out more about this project and uh, what, it, what it's up to. And you'll also find links there where you can follow me on social media. Uh, I think it's just Facebook and, and Twitter. Um, feel free to leave any comments or ask questions on the Facebook page or the Twitter feed or email me if you want to. Um, 
just to recap, that's brainattackmusic.com. And until the next podcast, take care and keep on keeping on. Thanks for listening. Take care.